Hello. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. And I have a very deep voice right now, Carter. I always thought I had a deep voice anyway. But the frog in my throat is making it. <laughs> you have something and we're not sure what. We're not sure what because yeah. it just didn't feel good enough to go and like get get tested for everything. <laughs> not COVID. Point is, is that, you know, you lay low long enough. These frogs, they gather in the throat and they just make it sound way worse than it actually is. So you're feeling okay then. I'm feeling okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Hey, there is a, a life lesson that we all need to learn. And that is that once you have kids, your family does not care about you anymore. <laughs> and case in point, Rochelle, you have not heard this yet. Oh. This is uh, extremely personal to me. It was recently my birthday. And my grandma, 87 years old this year, she has the same birthday as me. We've literally had that for my whole life. 33 years of having the same birthday as my grandma. You can't really change your birthday. It you, is what it is. You don't change your birthday. It's not like changing your name. You don't. Right. You can't change your birthday. No. And, you know, I remember back to the time I was six and she was 60 and I told her, you're 10 times my age. And, of course, she very sweetly said, don't ever say that again. <laughs> um, we've had some good times and, you know, we call each other every year and say, what are you doing on your day? What are you doing on your day? Well, I call her on my birthday last week, she doesn't answer. And then she doesn't call like for a while. Like she's usually calling pretty early in the morning. And alas, she calls at a time that I couldn't get to the phone. I'm so glad. So I have this evidence forever. This is the voicemail my grandma left me. And listen, I forgot about you. <laughs> oh, I hope that doesn't hurt your psyche. Okay. Love you. Love you much. She forgot about me. Are you kidding me? And it's because I have a two-year-old now. You have this sweet, I have the youngest kid in the whole family, and everybody talks about how cute Ezra is, and, and justly. But what am I, chopped liver now? Well, okay, so there's a couple things that could have happened here. But I know that one of them is, is impossible because your grandmother is in complete control of all faculties. The fact is, the older we get, we do forget things more. Sure. So it may have zero to do with, you know, you and how impressive you are and more to do with just, you know, our aging card and the fact that we forgot. I mean, for instance, on your birthday, I always send you a text message. Always. Mm. Hey, hope you had a great birthday. I was completely out for the count with the sickness. So, yeah, I didn't care about you either. Well, or, well, actually, to to borrow her phrase, I forgot you about you. Forgot about me? Yeah, that one seems. That one seemed. I've known you much less time. That's true. I, I mean, I've known you a long time. Are you saying that my friendship is not as deeply impactful it, as the one with your grandmother? It Which, doesn't when, uh, seem so. Does it, it makes sense what you're saying now that you're. Uh, oddly, I'm wounded still, but. Uh, the, <laughs> oh god. Um, uh, so she probably remembers Ezra no problem, but the, yeah, man, welcome to the the world of having kids. Yeah, it yeah. really does stink. A lot. I, honestly, <laughs> I'm just waiting for Dr. Phil to look at me and go, you don't matter. Like, you, that's that's what I'm... The thing about you is you don't matter. <laughs> the thing about you is you're grown up. That's yep. right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. I, it is the bittersweet thing about being a parent. 
I think it is payback for all of the things that we did to our parents. And if you're like, I didn't do that much to my parents, whatever your son brings into your life uh -huh. that you thought, what did I do to deserve this? Is exactly what you did to your parents. Is, and you just forgot about it. You just never is knew. This, is this, how true is that? How do you, what gauge do you know that this is true? This is, this is the Bible. It says Bible. you reap what you sow. Okay. So exactly, exactly what you've done to your parents, it will come back just so. It will come so. back to you. Yes. And uh, depending on uh, the veracity of, of you and when you perform said acts, it will come back to you either evenly or 10 times. Or 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How bold were you? How unrepentant were you as a exactly. kid? Um, exactly. There is something that uh, I did again recently that uh, it's been a while and it's always just so much fun to go through the training that they give you if you're going to work with uh, around kids and uh, to make sure that they that you know the laws, that it you really know... It really should be about like combat training is what it should be. Well, there is that part of it, I right? know that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> but I'm like, there, there is like, I need to prepare myself for because <laughs> I'm going to work with the students at my church. And so I uh, believe me, I know of like trying to get middle schoolers to take a shower at, at church camp. I mean, you know, they're all the craziness, the food fights, all that can happen, right? Um, but no, you you go through this training, obviously background checks and, and whatnot. And then you got to watch this, you know, three hour training or, or whatever it is and just say that you've done it. And, um, and it is good information. It's just long and, and some of it very hard to listen to about warning signs of, of abuse and, um, and obviously predicaments you don't want to put yourself in, but then also, uh, you being the, hopefully the, the caring person that you are to, to volunteer that, that you, you look for what's going on at home or what might be going on with, you know, with somebody else. And it's just all of the, the horror stories that come up and the examples that they use, but um, it is good to be prepared. And there's one thing that stuck out to me that I think is, is certainly applicable for this, but man, isn't it just true about life with anybody in our lives going through a hard time or specifically an injustice? And it's, it's this quote, from a, a woman named Judith Herman. And she says, it's very tempting to take the side of the perpetrator because all the perpetrator asks is that the bystander do nothing. He appeals to the universal desire to see, hear, and speak no evil. But the victim, on the contrary, asks the bystander to share the burden of pain. The victim demands action, engagement, and remembering. Mm. I, I saw that quote, and it's so true. And you even take evil people out of this, and it's still true. It's very easy in news headlines. Even I, I've done it re very recently with the uh, uh, Mississippi flooding. You know, I am out of it. I don't want to hear, speak, or see evil. I don't want to think about that. But what, especially when they're very close to us, but, but even then, when we have the ability to help with something like an organization called God's Pit Crew, the, the ability to be with people and be on people's side, and yes, it takes, when we choose to play that, that role of, of helper, it takes a commitment of, uh, uh, you know, depending on maybe not a, a big commitment or maybe an incredibly big commitment. 
But there is a level of that if you're choosing to do something good in the world and to specifically to help somebody. And it's so easy to not because there's not any, there's no burden on you. Yeah. And I, I just, I saw that quote and I'm like, of course it's true when we're talking about victims of abuse, but it's really just true, period, you know? It's true of all followers of Jesus that it's going to cost you something. Mm. And to be ready, be prepared to be always living outside of your comfort zone if you're aligned with God. And, you know, something that happened to you, Carter, I think we may have referenced it uh, in a previous podcast about Jeff. Did we share that? Well, I'm trying to think of which Jeff. Okay, so there's the Jeff that you met the other day while at an intersection. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. And did we share that story? You know, I don't think we did on I here. I can't remember if we did, so uh, we should just retell it briefly. Okay, so here's uh, what happens. It's uh, a homeless situation. And I'm on the side of the, or, you know, I'm driving down the road. He's on the side of the road. And uh, the uh, the light's red. And I don't have anything. And we've worked with homeless ministries before. So they tell you it's always nice to have something in your car. Yeah. Um, a, bo- a bottle of water or even a little, little goodie bag, hygiene bag, whatever. I don't have anything. And... Uh, the light is still red and he is very bold in stopping at every car and making eye contact and waving until somebody acknowledges him. Mm. And, and that's one of those, like most of them won't do that. They'll just kind of wave and continuously walk and you don't, you don't have to do anything, but he would stand there at every car and wave. I mean, like right up close to him until they clearly did something and he's coming my way, and I'm just honestly hoping he doesn't stop because I don't have anything. Well, sure enough, the light's still red. He gets to me, and I and I don't. I never mind talking to somebody. It's just that I knew I had nothing to offer. So I rolled down my window. I say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm sorry. I don't uh, I don't have anything for you." And he just kind of stands there still. And I go, "Sorry, man. Don't have anything. I wish I did. I really do." And he goes, "Well, could you at least pray?" Oh gosh, the the duh moment as a Christian, yeah. the yeah. Christian fail moment. But I didn't honestly, and I, I Rochelle, I've even told you, I I didn't again the other day because I feel like incredibly silly to roll down my window and say I have no tangible things, I have zero ways to help you, but can I pray? And and I I know there are people out there that be that would roll their eyes at me, even homeless people that roll roll their eyes at me. But here it is a situation that clearly proves that's not always true. And you did pray with Jeff. I did. Like you didn't offer it, is what you were saying earlier. You said I and I didn't, but you you ended up praying with him, obviously. Found out what his name was, prayed over his situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, yesterday with my son, we're driving. And similar circumstances, except the gentleman was not, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't as focused and intentional as coming up to every single window. He sure. was just standing at the intersection. There was just something about him. And I, I was in the exact same situation. I have failed to replenish these the things in my car that I would have available to give because we're often warned, don't give uh, money because if there is a habit or some sort of addiction involved, that only enables that addiction and you want to try to help people. So water bottles are good. Granola, right? And uh, I have a zip. Yeah. 
But I look down and I see an umbrella. And I'm like, Lord, am I, I don't know. I just felt like I was supposed to offer this umbrella. And my son, 13 years old, he rolls down the window. Sir, would you like an umbrella? That man skips across the highway so fast. Sure, for when it rains. Mm. And takes it back to his corner. And gives me the sweetest, kindest smile. And yeah, it's out of your comfort zone to do things like that because so many different things. I mean, you hear about the victims. And I don't know about you if this plays. I recently watched a documentary about a, a rather famous individual who's accused of, of um, accosting many women. And he was very well-known, very well-loved. And so the desire is to stay in your comfort zone of this is the guy that we like. Mm, sure. I don't want to believe he's capable of this kind of thing. Sure. And so unfortunately, a lot of these experiences, when you find out that the guy is the, the bad guy, quote, unquote, um, we kind of make the victim relive being victimized all over again because we put them on trial as opposed to putting the bad guy on trial. But at the same time, we now live in a day and age where you can accuse anybody and you could be lying about your accusation. So you're trying to weigh it all. It's like, is this guy in the corner legit or is he scamming me because I've been scammed before? Mm -hmm. And so... The feelings that we go through, I think are, I, I don't think we're supposed to shame ourselves or guilt trip over the feelings of, am I supposed to give to this person? Am I not supposed to give to this person? Should I believe that guy or shouldn't I believe this guy? I think those things are to be weighed fairly. But the point, what you were making is not to ignore it altogether. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, I think one, you know, just the way you said that, and and obviously with the quote itself, in any situation of what I choose to do and, and get involved in, uh, my comfort level should not be a factor. Yeah. Um, not, not, not in doing the right thing. Now, in, in terms of how far, you know, for example, uh, maybe you can give through something like Compassion International or God's Pit Crew or something like that, but you can't go and be there. I mean, that's, that's completely understandable. But in, in terms of, of should I do this or this, and the only difference is how comfortable I'm going to feel, that, that shouldn't be an indicator on what the right thing to do is. It, the yeah. right thing to do is just what is the right thing to do biblically. Right. And there's so many references in scripture. Most of them will always land back on, especially um, in the New Testament passage. I, I mean, I just read Jonah <laughs> again. Uh-huh. And, and uh. I've shared a podcast before. This guy drives me batty. Makes me so frustrated um, because here he's faced with uh, getting outside of his comfort zone. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. I'm, I want to get back to the New Testament, but just real quick recap this guy. Hey, go to a foreign city, which is the capital of um, Assyria. And these guys were not the, the favorite people of, of God's people. Um, but hey, I want you to go over there. I want you to tell him I'm about to take you guys out if you don't repent. And Jonah, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> right, right. And I don't want to. And I, it's interesting. This passage of scripture references that he gets, he goes to Joppa because he's going, he's going to go all the way to Spain. 
And the Bible I'm reading is a contextual Bible. kind of helps you with understanding why would that even be mentioned? Because he doesn't make it to Spain. If you know the story, he makes it to the gut of a whale. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's proven that this is the farthest place that people know about Spain. So to bring in the fact that God is a God of all of the world, even to the farthest regions of this planet. And if he wants you to do something, he's going to keep at it with you. Mm. And in Jonah's case, he, he does end up going. He, he's not the poster child for, I will go wherever you will send me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He puts up a fight. He puts up a stinky one at that. But um, I mean, just following even the life of Jesus and trying to put myself in his shoes, which is what he wants us to do which is saying something because he died for people. Mm. But he, especially with a a culture like we have today, where there are days where you feel like you're walking on eggshells, you might say the wrong thing. Or if you're posting on social media, it could, whatever you share might be taken out of context. Jesus is surrounded by his peers, or at least they think he, at least, I think people around him thought that they were better in terms of the the teachers of the time because they were the actual teachers. They'd gone through the training. He was wearing dirty robes. Theirs were fancy. So they probably didn't look at him as a peer. And Jesus looked at them as, as if they were his children. Mm. So, I mean, there was no uh, equal status there per se um, on either side because they didn't recognize the Son of God in front of them. But he was in a position as a human being, even though he was the son of God, that he probably was tempted by, well, this isn't going to feel comfortable. Maybe I shouldn't. Mm. Mm -hmm. But he's doing the right thing that his father in heaven wants him to do, which is to reach out to people who are canceled. Yeah. Well, and I I think you even see that with, he asks God, please take this cup from me. If there's any other way than yeah. than going to the cross, then then take this cup from me. But he ultimately says, "But your will be done." Exactly. And and that's and so it wasn't his comfort level that was a factor in in what the right thing to do is. And and thank God and thank him. Uh, I mean, thank the Father and thank the Son specifically for going through with that, so we could be reconciled to Him. And Jesus, I mean, He does just He offers it up. It says, "If I'm if I've been rejected." The servant isn't going to be treated better than the master. Just anticipate that, yeah, you're going to get rejection letters. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to go through situations where people are not going to be the most friendly. But you should not worry about what man can do or say to you. But rather, you should be concerned about things that are eternal. What, what can God in heaven do? Which is massive. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think he says that as trying to, as a fear tactic. I think it's just like trying to point out the comparisons. We are always so concerned about what people are thinking. And if I'm really honest with myself, I think that's what it all comes down to. What will they think of me if I ask, can I pray? And they roll their eyes. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to not like me. Well, who cares? I should care. Sure. Um, you know, they're going to. And having said that, there's also those times where I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be misrepresenting Jesus either. Yeah. So I don't want to look the fool and be like, well, I'm a person for Christ. But if God has asked me to do it, then let him worry about all those details. 
I think that's a good point because I I don't feel called to roll down my window and pray every time. But I think if the situation has presented itself and God has allowed that to happen for a reason, right? For him yeah. to come up so boldly to my window and, and do that. I And I don't know. I think it's an, another good lesson um, of social media. Because to be honest, I've seen enough people complain about Christians online of, of saying, you know, oh, Christians, they talk this big game, but they don't do anything when it comes down to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, God, there I go. Hey, can I pray with you, young man? Yeah, mm. I don't have any money for you, but God will find you. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy because I don't want him to think that of of Christians and not seek after Christ because of that. And yeah. and yet, if if that's literally all I have, just like, you know, we talked about with with uh, uh, not Paul, but uh, Peter and John, you know, silver and gold, I have not. Uh, I don't, I don't have anything that moment. And that just is what it is. And if I had something, I would give it to him. But you if know, all I have is prayer, then that's, that's something pretty cool, honestly. And I will say that the guy that you just, by the way, that fake person who I think we all, all known somebody that sounds exactly like that guy. Yeah. Right. Did a really good job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've been very quick to judge that guy. Yeah. I've been very quick to, because there are people that are super disingenuous. I think that's who Carter was was portraying as the guy who perhaps has swindled people out of their money sure, by sure. claiming this or that yeah. or whatever. But then I've I've lumped all people that kind of sound like that into one category, and I've got to be careful not to do that because God doesn't do that. He judges each individually. And so not that I'm given the position of, of judge and jury at all. I'm not saying that I get to judge people individually, but to weigh everybody differently and just say, okay, Lord, that guy sounds like that guy. There was this gentleman I grew up in church. His name was Brother Johnson, and his wife was Sister Johnson. And he called everybody brother and sister, and he would call me little sister because, of course, I was younger. And I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this guy? Who is this guy? And, in fact, I ran into him in a convenience store, and I think it was the first time I ever, I ever had had a one-on-one -on -one conversation, and I was maybe 11 or 12 years old, and I'm getting a newspaper for my parents. That tells you how old it is. Nobody reads the paper anymore. <laughs> but, anyway, I'm getting a newspaper, and this guy, well, hello, little sister. And I'm like, that's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I told my parents, I was like, oh, I, I saw Brother Johnson in, in the convenience store, and I started watching him and his wife. And the authenticity from that couple, they blew my stereotype out of the water. Yeah. You yeah. know? So there are people that, yes, they may give you the EBGBs at first. And you're like, please don't represent Jesus. Please don't represent Jesus. Oh, man, that guy's <laughs> going to get the microphone in front of this group of people and talk about <laughs> Jesus. But I can trust Jesus because he uses all types. He uses me. And I know that I am not everybody's cup of tea, too. You know? Mm. Um, but this has been good. I really, I really appreciate, um, you sharing that about Jeff. Cause I think that really inspired us to roll down the window yesterday and give an umbrella. Yeah, that's really cool. We're, um, we're keeping it short this week as, as we've stated, Rochelle's a bit under the weather. I also did not sleep last night because of my son. Uh, and, uh, and, and because of your grandma, that's really what it and was about, Really, right? I can't sleep because my grandma has forgotten about me, honestly. <laughs> um, so we will, uh, bid you adieu until next week. This has been really good. And of course, keep in mind, you can binge, uh, old episodes. Uh, we'd always love that subscription slash, uh, five-star rating if you're willing to oh, on yes. Apple or wherever. If there um, was a 
six star, go for it. Go for it. If you if you have a, a six star exception, um, that's like if you have a one of those black cards, black credit cards. Uh, it's like turning it up to eleven. It's, it's exactly what it is. It doesn't actually exist. Um, but it's a yes, and of course, find everything you need to know about just about anything at HopeOnDemand.com. 